How's it going, Jared? Oh, it's going great, Mark. Have we started? <laughs> yeah, we're starting, man. Okay, let's do it. Just kind of pulling. So, like, I, I think our first uh, version of this podcast, the O.J. Simpson um, American Crime. American Crime Story, colon, the people versus O.J. Simpson. So, um, it did great on social media, everyone. We got all kinds of tweets from, like, all the actors in the show. Well, probably just a few of their interns. Just you know, they they liked and retweeted some of the things we did on Twitter of the show. So good. that's that's popular. that's excellent. That was that, nice. that was really the, cool. The power of the internet to connect people. I don't think it was the most famous actors, but it was some of the middle and other actors. So hey, you know, we'll take, we'll take whatever it. we can get. We'll take whatever inch we can get. Inch by inch. Inch by inch. So, um, yeah, we wanted to do another show. I'm kind of talking about the basically the sixth through the ninth episodes. So, yes. four episodes. Yes. So, and we're recording this the day before the finale airs. Yeah, so this will go out the day of that finale. Um, so, basically, a lot has happened. Um, this is kind of where we get into some of the, the most memorable moments. I think in the first five episodes, we had the car chase, which is perhaps the most memorable moment in the entire kind yes. of episode. Yeah. But um, really, for these episodes, we get a lot, we're, we're a lot more into the courtroom drama. And um, they, they were good episodes. I mean, I think they, these were some of the best episodes. Um, maybe there's one exception. I think the seventh episode was one that I thought was a bit weaker. But um, let's get into it. Um, so let's talk about it. What's the first episode we want to talk about, Jerry? Okay, so since we re- since last we spoke, we, we, uh, we did it after the fifth episode, which was called Race Card, which was very well titled. Uh, and I wanted to point out this episode was directed by John Singleton, who... Uh, is a, a black director who broke onto the scene in the early 90s directing uh, the film Boys in the Hood. And so I thought it was really cool that they found someone who'd been a voice for black issues in the 90s, specifically in Southern California, to to direct that episode. Um, now, moving on from there, we had the episode Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. So that's the sixth episode. That's episode six, which is, yeah. of course, a joke from the Brady Bunch, which saw a little bit of a bump in the 90s with the movie and whatnot. So very on theme. And this is about the public persona of of uh, Marsha Clark, which was vilified at times. Uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, and they show how it really like hurts her in a de- in a deeply intimate personal way. Like yeah. there's a scene where she's buying tampons at the store, and the clerk says, "Oh, I guess the defense is in for a bad week, <laughs> right?" And you're like this poor woman, and like she she gets she gets advice from her you know media handler that she needs yeah. to get her hair done, so yeah. she gets this perm, and then everyone makes fun of her for having curls, and, and then she, she straightens it out, right? Straightened, yeah. That's right at the beginning of the trial, right, where she straightens out her hair, right? Uh, or I, was it in the middle? Uh, yeah, like yeah, yeah, the beginning of the trial, yeah. 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 Um, not the beginning of the proceedings, but the beginning of the actual trial. Yeah. Um, and and Sarah Paulson has, I think she's just such a terrific actress in the way that she can like show strength and vulnerability, uh, and she's. This is just the role it seems she was born to play. I hope she gets an Emmy for it. Okay, the next episode, episode seven, conspiracy theories. This had the uh, you said this was one of the weaker episodes. This ended with the uh, the glove not fitting. Yeah, well, I, I think they kind of built up to it um, in kind of a weird way. It's kind of going all these different directions. It's a lot of like the kind of lawyer backroom kind of stuff, and it didn't really have much of a cohesive flow. And then when they finally get to the the glove, it just kind of felt like it was just too late and too little too late, and, and it didn't really build up in the right kind of sequencing you'd think. Um, it, it also just yeah. felt kind of early to me. I felt yeah. like the glove should have been like one of the last things we see before the verdict, but I guess that's not how it worked out. Uh, I think, was this also the episode where Marsha and Darden took their road trip? 
believe so. Yeah. Y- yes, yes, they took. Yeah, so this actually did happen. Like Marsha Clark and Christopher Darden, the show plays into that quite a bit. You know, they they yeah. do make build this up as a romantic setup, um, in, in a professional kind of way. But uh, that more of the Marsha Clark was the character kind of longing for something a little bit more, and ultimately Christopher Darden kind of. Professionally, kind of, you know. I think he wanted it too, but more than that, he wanted to play it safe. Yeah. And, and I think the the actor is playing Christopher Darden. I'm sorry, I don't have his name from my fingertips. Uh, I think he's doing a magnificent job. Yeah, you know, in that moment, yes. And then that moment where they're at the door. <laughs> Well, they're at the door, I think I remember. Um, yeah, they're at yeah, yeah. San Francisco, and he's kind of, they're kind of saying goodnight. Uh-huh. And then she's like, well, this is me. And he's like, yeah. And there's this very just perfect pause yeah. where he's like, yeah, number seven or three or whatever the number is. And he pauses, says the number, and they just kind of have this like kind of weird moment. It, it's very well done. Just he captures the awkwardness of it and, and sort of the, 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 the um, uncertainty of it. Uh, very, very well. I, I think that was a very interesting moment. Okay, um, the next so, episode yeah. is a jury in jail, which they yeah. focus on the jury being sequestered and right. some of the challenges associated there. And they, they show, they start off, the jury basically feels like they've been put on vacation. There's a scene where a guy like puts on a swimsuit and he's going to go, you know, have a you know, a fun time at the pool at the, at the beginning, yeah. yeah. And they, they think this is going to last only about two months, I yeah. think. Yeah, you know? so they yeah. basically think they're on vacation. They, right. they feel like movie stars because they get to be involved with this. Um and and then of course it devolves into a lot of problems. They they, they jury members getting are getting picked off, disqualified, disqualified. for for a number of like numerous like like legal issues they had in the past. So yeah. there was a lot of extra jurors. I think they had almost like a whole other set of yeah. extra jurors. Mm-hmm. So there's probably twenty something jurors. Uh huh. And they got started getting eliminated pretty quickly. Sure. And then there's one guy who says who's an alternate who says I'm sick of being JV. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like he's he's yeah. like <laughs> like he wants to be on the court playing, which goes with like the sports metaphor of having a football player as the as the defendant. Um, I thought this episode did a great job of capturing some minor like racial issues of the '90s, like that the black people want to watch Martin and the white people want to watch Seinfeld. Seinfeld, yeah. There's a moment like they take out the TV and they're like, "All right, what do you guys want to watch?" And then this one kind of older guy with curly hair, a white guy, he's like, "Oh, Seinfeld." Yeah. And then people are like, "What's Seinfeld?" And then they're uh-huh. like, "Martin." And there's this big back and forth, and yeah, yeah. Uh, and something that struck me though is like they're sequestered for eight months. An episode of Martin or Seinfeld with the. Uh, with the ads taken out, is about 22 minutes. They could easily watch both. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, obviously, they're simplifying there. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> but they, 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 they hung a lantern on, on the issue to show that there's that this conflict exists. Then they also illustrate some conflict um, where there's, like, one, uh, she appears more successful black lady who, who uh, gets made fun of by one of the other black ladies, and she kind of does, like, a, you know, Aunt, Aunt, Aunt Jemima voice to make fun of her, like... Like, she's the one who's acclimated to the white people, and she's yeah. sucking up to them. Um, so I think they do a really good job of illustrating a lot of these different issues and, and without any of them. Which they basically ignored in the first six episodes or so. Sure. They kind of just select the jury, and there's issues with, like, racially, like, you know, they want the defense wants a more um, African-American jur- uh-huh. jury. The prosecution is a little bit indifferent to this or doesn't quite get it. I mean, yeah. I think they, I don't know what they were thinking exactly, but they didn't quite get it. Um, but, but they really dig into it a lot in that episode. Yeah. Really. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's one, there's one thing where the, this same, the same lady who was making fun of the other one is like with like an Aunt Jemima voice. It's revealed that she was assaulted by her husband at one point. So she was victim of right. domestic abuse. Right. And Which makes her not, unbi- not an unbiased juror. Sure. Right? Because she may be, yeah, may be right. prejudiced in this issue of, right. of domestic violence, which, which Nicole was a victim of. Uh, 
and and the prosecution and the defense. One of them is pushing to get her. The, the prosecution is pushing to get her off. The defense is pushing to keep her. Mm-hmm. And Judge mm-hmm. Edel says very resignedly, "I think we'd be having a different conversation if this juror were white." Right. Right. I, I really like that. Okay. Now moving on. Episode nine. Uh, manna from heaven. Mark, what is the manna from heaven that came down to the defense? <laughs> um, so Mark Furman, um, I think he's one of the top police detectives for the LAPD at the time. And he was the one who gathered uh, a lot of the crime evidence, the crime scene of the murder scene. And so uh, what had happened was there was a lot of film tapes which were found where Mark Furman had said, I think it was recently, like, uh, several years before the crime took place, so in the 80s, where um, you, you know he said a lot of very very racially charged terms um, yeah. in in very you know, direct ways. Supposedly they were collected for a, a lady, a, a scriptwriter, a screenplay, a screenplay. Who which was, there are a lot of people like that in Southern California. And, and supposedly she was collecting, doing research, and collecting mm-hmm. notes about this screenplay, which is about the LAPD, and that's what they were. You know what the context was that they were given. Um, yeah, and, and just to kind of give a backstory. Mark Furman. So in episode, I think f- four or five, I think was when um, Christopher Darden argued. Oh, I, I, should, very, I just want to interrupt, interject. Yeah. The actor who's playing Christopher Darden is named Sterling K. Brown. Sterling, Sterling K. Brown, yeah. Yeah, he's doing a, a fabulous job. So he argued very, um, very, very int- intently to get Mark Furman to, to not have him take the stand yeah. and testify because he believed, you know, th- this man is racist. This man has, he's damaged goods. There's too much of a risk in putting him up on the stand because people will, you know, they'll go with, well, they'll take this racial um, it'll issue. Pl- it'll, it'll play into the narrative that Cochran is trying to set up. Yeah, that he's being framed. So, anyways, Marsha Clark, according to the story, ignored that advice. And they put him up on the stand. And then um, I think it's episode five or episode six where, um, you know, they, they do a lot of questioning of Furman. And, and it's largely inconclusive. Um, but then later they find these tapes. And then now this is episode eight, I think, or episode This is episode nine, Man from Heaven. Nine. So in Man from Heaven, they, they finally get these tapes. And they have to go to North Carolina to kind of get this, this screenplay, um, the, the tapes from the screenplay writer, screenplay writer who's living in North Carolina. And then they have to argue and or judge in North Carolina to get these tapes released so that they can bring them back to L.A. and have them to be as part issued as evidence in the court proceedings. And there's yeah. this great line, I think it's one of the greatest yeah. lines yeah. so far, where Darden is furious with Marsha, and he says to her, you wanted a black face, but you didn't want a black voice. Yeah. So that, that happens after the, the tapes of Furman, where he's saying all these like very racially insensitive terms. That, that comes out, and, and the and, defense and gets it, and they listen to all of it, and a lot of it's just very awful, j- just horrible stuff. And uh, you know, and I think the jury, the judge rules that the jury will get to hear some of it, but only like two lines. Yeah. So in the end, it's two well, lines. Oh, but but he, at that point, though, where he's freaking out, though, it, it might have been they didn't know how much the judge was going to admit. Yeah. And so the, the judge had to decide. There's also the problem that, and I I didn't realize this at all, Judge Ito's wife uh, was on the LAPD, and Furman had said some negative things about her. On those tapes. On those tapes. And so so everybody. He said that stuff about everybody. (laughs) At that point, you know, he's. He's He's um, biased as well. They can create an element of bias as well. And the thing that nobody wants is a mistrial, right? Right. Because it's a mistrial. OJ doesn't want a mistrial because then he's stuck in jail to go through the process again. The defense doesn't want. Uh, a mistrial because they're afraid that there'll be a change of venue and then there won't be a, a, a jury selection that might be as favorable toward OJ for, for racial demographic reasons, perhaps. And the prosecution doesn't want a mistrial because then it makes them look like an idiot. And the thing that's kind of funny is both sides think the other side wants a mistrial. Yeah. 
I, I, yeah, I, I think that's an interesting point. So that Shapiro incident, that takes place, I think, the very first episode in the first few minutes of the show. There's this very quiet moment where uh, Ito sign, has his wife yeah. sign this document saying, you know you know nothing about Mark Furman. Sure. And it was very obvious. I think when we were watching it, I kind of said, okay, this has to be important, but how? You know, I mean, I'm sure this is going to be introduced later. See, and I thought it was just foreshadowing. I thought it was just, we know that Mark Furman was a bad actor, and we see his name there, and we're like, oh, this is the way he's talking. I didn't realize that she she was essentially lying when she right. did that. Right. So, I mean, that's a major issue. I I don't know. That that, that was an issue. So, what, what else we got Okay, here? so what I want to ask, in the, in the bottom half of the, uh, of the episodes of the season, what do you think has been the standout? And what do you think has been the low light? Gosh, well, I think, okay, so the diminishing of Shapiro, which, uh, Robert Shapiro, which is, uh, he was the lead prosecutor in the first few episodes. Uh, excuse, excuse me, lead defendant of, of OJ. Um, and he's played by John Travolta. He kind of diminishes um, quite a bit in these last few episodes. He kind of becomes more of like, like the butt of jokes. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> there's this line I love where um, they're having an argument. The defense is having this argument, you know, over this table. There's like eight or nine at the table. And then uh, Johnny Cochran, who's played by Courtney B. Vance, um, they have some disagreement. And then Shapiro, played by John Travolta, kind of says, "Well, you know, we we can always figure something out. You know, we can we can try to like you know spin this situation." And then Johnny Cochran just bursts out, "Oh, and do what? Just just get another settlement? You know, is that it? Just mm-hmm. do another settlement?" And there's just this moment. I, I didn't quite capture the emotion in there, but uh, I, it was hilarious just because you know there's so many times they just kind of make him to be like the settler that you know. Yeah. I just thought it was a very perfect well, time. And, and the thing that I love is neither of them. Are really as much as they say the number one priority is their client. Yeah, uh, they're they're actually that's not true for either of them. I mean, the 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 uh, Robert Shapiro he really just wants the path of least resistance. Sure. he wants to be able to go in, do it as simple as possible. Get cut out, a, cut a deal, cut a check, cut his, get his check get cut, his check and go home, yeah. go on a trip to Hawaii. <laughs> Whereas Johnny Cochran, he doesn't see this. He doesn't care at all about OJ. It seems all he cares is this is or the money really, or even the money really. He says this is my opportunity on yeah. a national stage to attack the LAPD like they deserve to be attacked. Yeah, yeah, right. and they make references that throughout these um, other last episodes where I think when they go to North Carolina, Johnny Cochran's kind of going into his, like, you know, his kind of act, you know, where he's like, pleading with the judge and he's making all these alliterations, and the judge just kind of says... Yeah, like, know, like like he's a preacher or a poet or something. Yeah, like, like look, there's no cameras here, you know, you don't have to yeah. go into these, like, alliterations uh-huh. and make all these, like, yeah, this big act like in front that. of me, you know. So, uh, yeah, I think that's an interesting point. Um, what uh-huh. about you? What, what was your... What, yeah, what was oh, your I think point? the highlight is that line from Darden that I just quoted about that you wanted a black face but not a black voice. And I think the way he uh, he's just this... The, the actor con- um, conveys the, the, the attempt to be professional while just seething with rage and the inner conflict and the pressure that he's under from home and the way that they show Johnny Cochran... Um, essentially race baiting him. I don't know if that's the term. Where like there's a scene where he he sure. he's, yeah. he says he says yeah. Chris, calm down. You yeah. know the way the way black black men maybe have always been told to calm down when they have a legitimate cause to be angry. Yeah. Uh, and and it's it's positively satanic the way the way Cochran treats Darden, right? Because he's talking about all these racial problems and he's fomenting one. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I think that that moment. Um, I think that's in the Man from Heaven episode where uh, Darden basically explodes in the courtroom. There's yeah. about a good three or four minutes, you know, where he kind of Judge Ito almost holds him in contempt, and he goes on this rant. He kind of says, "Oh, you got the defense is making this trial turn into a circus. It's mm-hmm. no longer about you know the truth or fact or fiction. It's just you know this this weird drama that they've just kind of created." Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I thought that was a great moment. I, you know, I don't know. I checked all the other episodes to see what happened and what happened. I don't know if this actually happened. I wish I kind of had checked to see if that yeah. actually did. I don't think it did happen quite like that. But no, you could tell they dramatized it. I'm sure he blew up at some point. Uh, I'm sure, probably not in the courtroom. Yeah, and, and yeah. he probably had more composure than that. Yeah. Okay, now I know in terms of lowlights. I, re- I remember once you said you weren't particularly uh, excited by the Judge Ito character. How do you think Judge Ito is in the show? Gosh, no, I think he's. He, they don't portray him in very positive light. I mean, I think he be, he really he's kind of following all the headlines of like CNN and the news. I mean, he seems very concerned about his own image. Um, And he seems like he was playing into this whole kind of media frenzy as much as anyone. Sure, because from his perspective, this is a way to elevate his brand as well, right? And if he can, if he is a, a, a wise... Uh, Asian American mm-hmm. who who maybe is 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 above some of these racial prejudices. If he can solve this problem and right. save, you know, make justice prevail and keep LA from having another riot, maybe this is his path to being nominated to the Supreme Court or something like that, right? Yeah. And if that was his goal, I mean, I, I, I suppose that they did succeed. I, yeah. I mean, there were no major riots, so you know, from that perspective, he's successful. So, something I kind of wanted him to point out at some point because Johnny seems to be fomenting. Uh, uh, Problems that might that might lead to a riot. Yeah. And, and he's kind of using that leverage. Yeah, they definitely is. portray him as using that leverage because yeah, every time he's you know, getting together all like these civil rights groups, and they're like <laughs> he likes you know, rallying up their protesters. Yeah, yeah. He goes into a group of protesters with a smile on his face. Right, right. Uh, and and at the same time, you know, in, in illustrating that he just likes to cut a deal and wants to keep the status quo. Shapiro is like, "You're tearing the city apart. We need to not do this." I thought it would have been nice at one point for Judge Ito to point out. Do you know how many Asian businesses were vandalized during the riots of, of right. after Rodney King? Let's talk about predictions, or let's end on predictions. We're going to talk about Larry King. Oh, okay. We can't talk about Larry, Larry King. King. Is in this and several he, times. He's playing himself. Yeah. Um, I think he's doing a fine job. I think it's better to have him playing himself with a wig and just shoot the camera angle so he doesn't look so old, and you know, with some makeup on his yeah. face, rather than to try to do CGI version of Larry. I think that would have been stupid and time-consuming and expensive. I will say, I think the very weakest point of the of the show is the uh, um, Sterling Cooper character, yeah, the actor from Mad Men, yeah, who's like the the gossip columnist, yeah. I think he doesn't add anything at all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He comes in kind of like sporadically. Yeah. Whenever there's something big happens, they just kind of go to his, his glasses. It was like kind of whatever the, the these like kind of old school glasses yeah. he's wearing. And he kind of just makes these very kind of trite phrases. Yeah. Like, you couldn't make this up if you wanted to uh-huh. or something. He kind of yeah. does it in this little voice. And, and there was like one scene with him at a dinner party. And, <laughs> and, he, and then I bring it up because there's one scene where he's on, with Larry King. And, and I think if we have Larry King actually playing himself and, and if we have... Connie Britton playing whoever the woman was who was friends with Nicole, who's going on Larry King. I think just make the two of them like the the na- voice of the narrator. I don't think we need this other this other presence. Oh, oh the other the other guy. Yeah, um, I just don't think he adds anything, and I kind of roll my eyes at everything he says. I do agree, though. Just to reinforce that, yeah, the angle they shoot Larry King. I mean, you can hardly tell how that it's not Larry King sure. from twenty years ago. Yeah, I mean, just they, they shoot at this kind really of side well angle. Done. Yeah, so. Very well. I mean, he looks like regular Larry. Well, he's been an old man since the 80s, <laughs> yeah, so okay. that helps. Okay, so now, um, anything else you want to say about uh, That's it. Predictions. Um, well, I think the, uh, my prediction is the jury is going to call O.J. Simpson not guilty. Okay, <laughs> I accept that. Um, and I think they will spend maybe half the episode, that final episode, uh, just talking about um, what happened, like the after story. Yeah, the after I think. Half. Yeah, that, they have to. That's so my the, guess. So yeah. then the question is, at what point in the episode will we get the verdict? 
Will it be at the very beginning? Will it be at the middle? Or will it be at the very end? I'm, I'm thinking the middle to, to maybe a little bit after. Yeah. Um, that, that's my guess. Uh, I, what, do you, what do you think? What's your thoughts? What are your thoughts I, on that? Because to me, looking at it, we know that we know what the judgment is. There's no surprise there. Yeah. The, the, and the, the enjoyment from watching it comes from how they portray things and from, and from highlighting things that we may not remember. Right, right, Obviously, right, 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 right. you know, the acquittal is the one thing that we remember even more than the Bronco chase. Right. Um, and sure. the, but, but then we also have, like, the civil trial and the fact that, I, I guess, the reason why he's in jail right now is to pay some of his expenses as, pursuant to, to the legal proceedings. He's, he sold off a lot of his memorabilia, and, right. and then he tried to steal some of them back, and that's why he's in jail right now. Right, right. Is what I, what I was told. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I hope that the announcement comes in the first third of the episode. Right. And then they just spend the rest of the time with the resolution. With the resolution. It's interesting. So uh, Johnny Cochran died, I think, about 10 years ago. Like 2005, I want to say. Yeah, and then Marsha Clark and Christopher Darden, they both wrote books afterwards, uh, which I assume were fairly successful for them, financially at least. Sure. Probably got you, ho- you hope that they were successful yeah. for them, all the crap they went through. Um, I, I'm not sure if there's any like big stories, though, with people after, other than, I mean, O.J. Simpson, obviously, that second trial he went through yeah. when he's serving. You know, that's a very interesting Which was not publicized at all. Um, But other than that, I mean, what interesting happened to most people? Mark Furman retires in about a year. I I think the year of the trial, he retires and, you know, leaves the LAPD. Um, I think he wrote a book or two, you know. um, I don't know. Anything else happened with anything interesting with... Judge Ito did not get appointed to the Supreme Court. Ah, Judge Ito did not get appointed to the Supreme Court. We're still waiting for that one. All right, guys. So, um, you know, let us know how you feel. What are your predictions? You know, uh, catch us on Twitter or Facebook or wherever, and uh, let us know your, your or SoundCloud. Leave a comment and uh, let us know how it goes. I'm um, Jared. Thanks so much for talking. We are going to do one final episode of this, but Jared, yes, thanks for coming in. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Mark. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later.